1: Hey guys, Nerdist Podcast episode number 241. Check out the Nerdist channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash nerdist. Recently put up a video of Bill Nye teaching me how to tie a bow tie to celebrate the fact that Bill Nye is coming to the Nerdist channel. Also shows from Neil deGrasse Tyson and Neil Patrick Harris. Two Neils. Uh, Cops Skyrim is a show that I'm excited about. All-Star Celebrity Bowling is coming back soon. Uh, And you might go, why do I need to subscribe to that? Because, uh, number one, it helps us, just quite honestly, if you subscribe. And uh, it helps us to support this whole initiative so we can keep making more stuff. And then also, uh, it just lets you know what's coming down the pipeline. And then you don't have to just guess or wait until someone tells you, like, oh, look at this thing. So... Go over to youtube.com slash nerds and click subscribe. Please, please! I don't want to be your annoying friend, but please. Now I'd like to dial back some of the annoyingness to thank hover.com for supporting this episode of the Nerds Podcast. Uh, hover's domain management that is simple. There's email tools. Uh, there's, They're a live Tech support that if you are setting up Your domain and you have a question uh, You can call them Monday through Friday 9am to 8pm eastern You actually get a live person not going to put you on hold They also can get you premium domains These are just commonly used words that might Drive a lot of traffic to your site by virtue of the fact That you own, well, I don't know Like dragons.com So they will help you find those types of domains They're going to cost you a little bit more But it'll be worth it as you bask in the glory Of your accelerated traffic rate but if you need a standard non-premium domain, we have an offer code for you for Hover.com. Use the offer code NERDIST. When you go to nerdist.hover.com, get 10% off your non-premium domain. They can't, uh, they can't discount premium domains. I'm sorry. But you will not care because of the level of service you will get from Hover.com. Who I thank for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, which is uh, Thomas Jane, who... I've been a fan of, I mean, fucking Deep Blue Sea. That is a movie that every time it's on cable, I watch the shit out of that movie if it just comes on. Like, oh, I gotta watch this movie. Do you like Deep Blue Sea?
2: Yeah, it's a really good movie. Fucking amazing. Yeah, Thomas Jane's great.
1: And I loved Hung, and yeah. uh, and that Punisher fan film that he made was awesome. Uh, he's got a Kickstarter going on right now for the uh, Bad Planet game, so if you go over to Kickstarter and search Bad Planet or Thomas Jane, uh, check it out. It's uh, uh, Support support it, get it made. Thomas is, I, I mean, I didn't really know a lot about Thomas before this episode, but he really is a guy who just, he's, uh, you know, he has an idea, he wants to make it, so he just goes and makes it himself. You know, I mean, like, he really the The more kind of famously people that kind of adopt that as a model, I think the better our business is gonna be. Like our stu- you know, we're gonna get cool stuff like the Phil Giovano directed Punisher uh, fan film that he made. They just made it because they just wanted to, you know. He played the Punisher years ago, maybe around two thousand four, uh, and then you know it was kind of like, ah, oh, maybe maybe I wanna maybe I wanna put a button on this or, or present Punisher in a way that it's just never really quite was presented and so uh i think he is an excellent example and an interesting guy and uh, if you are a creator of any type uh, he's a good guy that you should listen to because he'll just fucking make stuff and that's exactly what you should do so it it was a blast hanging out with him uh thomas jane on this episode of nerdist podcast a number 241 he also brought a kitty with him he came in with a little kitten on his shoulder and then the cat fell asleep on the soundboard which I was convinced it was going to hit the button and then the studio was going to just melt down. <laughs> but that never happened. The cat just curled up and and just basked in the warmth of the of the electric glow of the soundboard. That's adorable. It was fucking adorable, Katie. That cat was fucking adorable. You can't see it, but it is You posted to.
0: a picture on Instagram, I saw
1: it. Oh, I did post a cat picture on the Instagram. Yes, I did. So it is on my Instagram, which is uh, Nerdist. Just, I'm just Nerdist on Instagram, just like most stuff. Episode number 241.
2: Now entering com.
1: I just have to put them on to make sure that everything sounds okay. Somebody should be wearing it. Someone today. should do something semi-professional, technical. Not going to be me.
0: <laughs> Semi or actually professional. You guys do this thing together? Yeah, there's usually another guy, Jonah, who's not here right now because he had his wisdom teeth pulled out. And uh, then a, a stitch popped and now he's bleeding everywhere and there's a cat walking towards me.
1: Yes, Thomas Jane. We've already started recording. Oh, cool. Thomas Jane, you've brought the most adorable. It looks like a, a tiny leopard
2: kitten. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's packs a punch too. She's really vicious. <laughs> how uh, how old is it? She's about um, two and a half months old. Oh wow! And it's she's a Savannah, so she's bred with an African serval. Oh jeez. she's much more sort of predatory than a yeah, yeah. cat. Yeah, um, She's also a lot smarter, and I've been carrying her around with me since she was a baby. So she's she loves riding in the car and. She loves hanging out in new places. And she can tell. She's looking for something. She's enjoying herself now. I feel like
1: the podcast is forever ruined because no one else is going to bring a kitten, and that's just going to make me upset. Right. Every time someone comes in, I'm like, "Where? Where's it's only going downhill from here? Where Christ? is your cat?" You
2: could keep your own cat, I guess. Yeah, but or I, you I, could I just but say, it's
1: kitten required. No, kitten required, please. No, that's like, come. That's like having a pool table in your house. Then it takes all the fun out of yeah, going cat. to play pool. Then there's a kitten that just appears, and then it just makes everything. Yeah, a we got a pool times table, better.
0: and it was fun for about a month and a half. And then, and then it became a large table to put stuff on. Yep,
2: yeah, Put rings. Let's get in the ring. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's really it's great to have you on. I mean, I've 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 been a big fan of yours for a long time. Uh, I mean, I Deep Blue Sea, oh, amazing, God, so good. Still, when it comes on, I watch the shit out of it. It
2: was great. And when we premiered it in New York, uh, I don't think Warner Brothers really understood that they had a, a good movie on their hands because they only allotted a certain amount, not very much for advertising. But then we premiered it in New York, and the part when Sam Jackson gets eaten, (laughs) you could not hear the screen for at least four minutes. Wow. You couldn't hear what was going on because everybody was freaked. Freaking the hell out. They were screaming and clapping and laughing and talking. They couldn't get over the fact that Samuel Jackson got halfway through the film.
0: Best movie death.
2: Warner Brothers rushed to try to get more advertising, you know, to try to but it was too late. And the movie opened up against Blair Witch. Oh, oh yeah, which, which was filmed in my backyard, <laughs> literally, really, literally, uh, in the backwoods of Maryland, where I used to go play as a kid. Wow, that's that's where the, the movie was. So it really it was a stab to the heart. Oh, it was, but so you we, know what? We opened number two, um,
1: but people still talk. About, Still yeah. talk about Deep Blue well, I mean,
2: I tell you, they they play they play at a, Deep Blue Sea a hell of a lot more than they do the Blair Witch. <laughs> <and> that's true. <laughs> well, because Blair Witch TV. is one
1: of those like once you see Blair Witch once, you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. And now since everyone has ripped off the found footage yeah. format. It just, it's sort of, it's which sort of tired. good to begin
2: with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I saw it, I saw it because I saw it the way that you should, that you were supposed to see the movie, which is, it was way before the movie came out and someone just handed me an unmarked VHS tape and they just said, watch this. Right. Uh, and it cool. was, it was fun right. that way. Yeah. Cause totally. I didn't, I'd never seen anything like that before. Right, right. But then actually once all the hype came along, they were like, I get it. When I, it. I went
2: and saw it in the theater, a man stood up. Turned out to be a film director, but he stood up in the in the like the third row of the theater and turned around halfway through the film and said, "This is shit." <laughs> and he had an English accent. This is shit, <laughs> complete <laughs> shit. That was Peter
1: Jackson. That was Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is fantastic. That was, that made, <laughs> made it memorable for me. I don't remember the movie. My favorite part about the Blair Witch Project was when the Englishman stood up and told everyone the movie was a piece of shit. You want to come here? Here you go. Lap? No? No? All right. You you have an open invitation to jump on my lap. (laughs) Um... Congratulations on oh, dirty thanks, laundry. Chris. Oh wait, that's oh. for the cat? Uh, for you too. You oh, know what? Let's sweet. be fair. Let's be equitable. <laughs> uh, congratulations on dirty laundry. It Let's was see If I got any dollar bill. Did you... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a lap dance. It's just I just cuddle him like a giant toddler and I just stroke his hair until well, I come. Girl until... Opened oh,
2: okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right.
1: That's yeah. You that's a lap dance Did You are for, guys right?
2: hear about this girl that opened a cuddling business? What? I did
0: hear about that actually. I think we covered a it on of the show. A cuddler. She's yeah, the it's... only one that's 60. a kind of genius, genius idea, idea. Yeah,
2: 60 bucks an hour she's I think like, this is, I saw an interview She's like This is not about sex <laughs> Okay honey, that's, that's cool. <laughs> but It's just about cuddling Do you know what the the,
1: the I think the problem She's going to face Is dudes are going to get Super emotionally attached
2: Well I was like Every time I cuddle I always get a hard on Yeah Right that, so that we got to do with that. that work. Yeah, seriously. You know, she have to b- bring like a pad or a pillow. <laughs> She's like, "This is my cuddling pillow. I place it on my ass so <laughs> <you> can't. <laughs> There's a barrier." So,
1: yeah. She should make a deal with the Fleshlight Corporation. Who doesn't yeah. who everyone should make a deal with the Fleshlight Corporation <laughs> or partner up with a prostitute and uh, say, "I will prep them and, and then, then you you, you finish you the job. Them. Then Not you kind of wrap it up. Yeah. You you sort of be the
2: dismount." <laughs> That would be uh, cool. So to speak. Like, <laughs> or the mount. Or when you get up, you go, okay, and then the door opens, yeah. and then there, then this Janine walks in. <laughs> Garofalo. Hey, <laughs> you're like, I'm your ride. <laughs> hey, fuck me. Uh, dirt,
1: I, 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 Dirty Laundry, which premiered at, uh, at Comic-Con recently, which was the Punisher fan film that you made. It's fucking awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Phil Juano, who directed...
2: State of Grace.
1: Not only State of Grace, but one of the most influential Mm. 80s movies. Three O'Clock High. (laughs) Fucking phenomenal movie. Great movie. Which we've talked about on this podcast before. (laughs) I think film nerds know about it. But when people talk about 80s comedies, I think some people... But that movie... Completely redefined how that we, style of film. We do our job. We mention it like every fourth
0: podcast. We say Three <laughs> It's a high. fucking
1: great movie. When I when I because I didn't when I first saw when I first saw it I didn't realize that Phil Phil had directed it. I was like wow that looked fucking amazing and then I saw his name like of course of yeah. course Phil Giannu. How did yeah. you guys get How did you guys get hooked up for
2: then? I had this the idea to do this uh, thing um, about a year ago or. Actually, a little bit more than that, but I decided to make it a reality um, about a year ago. And the uh, beauty of you know dreaming about shit is you can sort of come up with any scenario you want. Mm-hmm. And I had the time, and I said, well, you know, if I was going to do this, who would I? Who would? Who would be great to direct uh, uh, the kind of movie that I I want to see? The kind of the way that I'd like to see Frank Castle portrayed on film and the movie that I always kind of wanted to make and wanted to see. Um, and uh, Phil whose name was at the top of my list because of State of Grace. Um, the, you know, State of Grace is a hard-hitting, urban, gritty action drama. And those movies uh, have fallen by the wayside, man. And Why do you think that is? Well, uh, the short answer is money. Um, studios decided that these movies that they made for 20 million bucks or 30 million bucks had a profit margin. Um, they were profitable, mm-hmm. but they weren't as profitable. As the hundred million dollar big budget action film. So, when the studios have all been bought up by these major corporations, was oh. a very simple executive decision hey, if we take, you know, these like five or six, 30, 20, 30 million dollar movies, cut them all out, take that money and just make one big Spider Man, yeah. Then our profit margin, the, the money that we get back for that 200 million, yeah. would have made six or seven. Other movies uh, the profit margin that we get back is phenomenally more based on the app ab- the merchandising the DVD the pay-per-view sure and all that crap so so it's a business decision uh, and we find that this happens more and more in Hollywood so the guys who man I feel sorry for for kids today you know I really do uh, because their attention span is waning so Believe it or not, it's hard for them to sit through movies like The Godfather. Oh, of course, you know? yeah. 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 So, and uh, you know, and then even movies like Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. you know, or or, or uh, Rolling Thunder, right? Um, well, these these movies just don't move fast enough, and and the problem is is that so that all that great drama, like how to really build a fantastic action drama story, you know, like you got even with the fir- with First Blood, Rambo, right, yeah. right. Um, wh- has kind of fallen by the wayside, and the modern film techniques that people use and are used to today are all employed in the big two hundred million dollar movies. So, a modern movie that tells a story like Death Wish, yeah, or uh, any Sidney Sidney Lumet film, um, has has uh, well, we just don't have it. Sure. Do you think some of them that... really exist? And, and then, you know, and, and the problem is that it does, it takes a few of those to come out with a gem, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's not, you know, you could look back at the 70s and you see those handful of movies and you go, oh, the 70s were awesome. But the fact is that for every, you know, great film, for every Rolling Thunder, there's 20 or 30 <laughs> really <laughs> crappy ones that nobody remembers. 20 right? or 30 death so raises. That's, that's, yeah, and that's the industry, you know? That's, 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 Making movies,
1: right? but I wonder but, if some of that is is part of I, I wonder if some of the responsibility falls onto the shoulders of the consumers who, if they see a movie like that and they see a trailer for it, they go, eh, "I don't need to see that in the theater. I'll just wait till it uh, I can get it on Netflix or you know yeah, if I can It's work.
2: a little bit of a thing. The, the consumers basically, you know they 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 pick whatever their choice you know they pick from the choices that they have, right? So every now and then a movie comes out, you know, but that's just not enough. It's not enough for, for, you know, you know, and then there's the diehard guys that they're going to China and Korea. And I mean, they're watching all the movies that come out and there's some great, fantastic films. And they, every now and then one gets picked up and remade by a Hollywood, you know, um, like old boy. Yeah. But, but for these kind of movies, the industry is just gone and you're right. It is a consumer. Hollywood will make anything. Sure. You know, we can't really blame Hollywood. If they, you know, if we watched cat shit dry, uh, <laughs> you know, that was thrown against the glass wall, and, and somebody, and everybody went to see it, then there would be six or seven cat shit drying on a glass. Really wall
1: great, really big fair. budget.
0: Like,
2: yeah, huge. Like yeah, yeah. I, I
1: like Catch It 2 actually more than the first one. <laughs> the <laughs> sequel, I really feel like they lost it in the trilogy. They tried to get too many different pieces of shit in it once. And well, it Catch just It like, 2, uh, parentheses, diarrhea, was great. Right. That's when they really hit their stride, <laughs> 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 but but in the third one they brought in a love interest and it was uh, just like Let's, urine was involved. Yeah, I was just, not Keep it, it <laughs> simple. But I always wonder if people talk about like <clears throat> it's always interesting how the third movie in it, you know in in a lot of trilogies uh, it's just like oh they've you know they've been with this these films for like ten or eleven years and how do you manage to. The whole like we have to make one two three of a movie, right? It's like how do you keep well, yeah, upping the not, stakes?
2: It's not it's not profitable unless it's franchisable, and that's another reason why these movies, uh, you know, don't aren't getting made is because if you don't have a franchisable character, then then how are we going to make any money off this and that? Th- so that kind of thinking, I think, is ready is is ripe to be destroyed, and what I think is that. A lot like the 70s, when you had Easy Rider come out and and blow everybody away by being a smash hit. Um, The reason why that happened is because the studios had lost the touch with the the pulse of what kids wanted to see. They were putting out musicals. Sure. If you look at the box office at the time, they were putting out all these weird-ass... Well, at the end of the 70s, yeah, because you had Grease, which was so
1: huge. And then so everyone started making all these crazy... Right. And then, yeah, and so, then in the 80s. But
2: then what happened was an explosion of kind of a, of this renegade and independent auteur filmmaker was born. Um, and you had uh, lower budgets and independent movies, uh, independent producers. But what I think is happening now is that the Internet is becoming that new Wild West, mm-hmm. that people with passion and a story to tell, which is what these guys were you know um, uh, are fine are gonna find a way in any way shape or form to get that out there and that's kind of what the idea was with with dirty laundry you know it's like well I want this is what I want to see and I'm not seeing it so why, why don't why don't we just do it yeah you know and that thank God you know I mean Phil Phil was kind of the perfect storm because not only was he the perfect director to do it Um, and, and such a tremendously passionate guy. He... Uh, has a he does a lot of commercials and he's he's a top notch commercial director and he's got this crew that he works with over and over again, and he he said look guys we're shooting this thing on the weekend we don't have any money we we have enough money to rent the location and to feed people whoever shows up we'll buy him Philippe's French dip so oh good move so come on down if you can if you can no big no big deal and we expected like ten or fifteen people to show up. 75 people showed up. Whoa. The whole crew.
0: Oh, that's a lot more sandwiches than you thought yeah. you were going to I was like, I don't know, guys.
1: Maybe the Philippe's. Uh, <laughs> Could you guys uh, split the, you have <laughs> a half. Split a sandwich? Uh, who likes open face? Sh- uh, lamb, fuck. right? Just don't, don't order lamb.
0: Uh, so, God. Man, I'm just thinking about Philippe.
1: So, uh,
2: you know, and that's a, that's that's because of Phil, because he's got so much passion, and the, the crew just loves this guy so much. And we had Andy Chang show up, who works, works with, um, Crazy, uh, crazy, crazy. okay. I'm listening. Which one, crazy Michael Bay? No, no, <laughs> the, uh, the, Sybil. The, no, the action dude, the the the, the John karate Wu? chop guy.
1: Oh, Jackie Chan, Jackie, oh, Jackie Chan, of course, Jackie Chan, course, karate, Jackie chop Chan. That's
0: karate chop a guy. Way to describe Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was perfect because I got it immediately. You so did
1: get it,
2: <laughs> and Chang works with a karate chop guy, and <laughs> Jackie Chan, and uh. <laughs>
1: Karate Karate Drive is a great film, by the way. I think we should make that a movie. Karate Chop guy,
2: Pat Romano, who's a you know top notch stunt dude. He showed up, and all these guys showed up, and and you know Phil. But I mean Phil, it was all about passion. The reason it turned out so good is because everybody loved what they were doing. You know, Phil Phil co- coordinated the whole fight scene in his bedroom the night before. Oh my god! you, you know, and, and his wife's like, "What the hell are you doing?" He's like, "I'm beating eight guys up with a." Bottle of Jack. Well, that's, that's the whole, I think that is the lifeblood of
1: what contemporary digital culture is all about. It's exactly what you said. People is just going, oh, you know, actually, we do have the technology to just go make the stuff we want to see. So why are we not doing it? And I think it's important for people like you who are well, established in the business to let people, let people know, like, this is an okay thing to do.
2: Damn fucking straight. <laughs> damn straight, man. Because you know what it comes down to is is again, we're inundated with this consumerism in our culture, and what we fucking forget is that this shit is fun. Yeah, you know, and we're supposed to be. There's passion behind it, you know. It's 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 somehow it's like even though we know it's not true, if we're told over and over again that the that the point of existence is to consume shit and to make money and then consume more shit. Then sooner or later, you're just going to start believing it, you know? And the fact is that that's not the f- fucking point. Right. At all. <laughs> wait a second. Wait, a- what is the point? <laughs> no, we'll get to that in a minute. All right. <laughs> the point is to, you know, the point
1: is to pick things that are fun and work uh, with people that you like and just make fun stuff. And that's where the best stuff comes from. Because there's no like, you're not looking at marketing charts. You're not like, well, how do we hit this? Dem-? You know, you're not. Yet everything doesn't get kind of mushed into this bland right. how vanilla do we hit, pulp.
2: Hit this demographic. That's it's. Fucking, it's just
1: like you wanted to make a Punisher curse. fan film because you're a huge Frank Castle fan. You played mm-hmm. the Punisher. Um uh,
2: uh d- well, Yeah, I just felt like I had an itch that I hadn't scratched. You know, I, I just everything that I'd learned about the character. Uh, and everything that turned me on about the world of Frank Castle was just never been on put on film, you know, and it really bummed me out, so I really just felt like i, I I've, you know obviously they 've destroyed the franchises this will never be a film so but i 'm I just wanna see I just wanted to give people something to point to when <laughs> I, just, I talked about Frank Castle on film, yeah, you know yeah. And, uh, and that, that's, that's why we did it. You know? and, and at the same time, I was reading scripts, uh, and one of the best scripts that I really have ever read it was written by this guy named Chad St. John. He wrote this script called Motor City that the Hughes brothers are doing, and I called him up, and we sat down, and we, we had a four-hour lunch at some, at some place on La Brea, and, and uh, he was, you know, it he, he was just like these guys just kind of appeared in my life, and I got them all together yeah um i was also had a meeting with a- this guy adi shankar uh, over at 1984 and he seemed like a man of the cloth so i put them <laughs> all together and before you know it everybody said yes and then but it was really chad i mean if he hadn't you know people say shit and they're like wouldn't it be cool yeah we just fucking on a weekend i'll get my crew yeah we'll fucking shoot it what the fuck right we put it on youtube yeah, and you know, and then you go about your day, and then you, you know, you call your agent, and you're like, "Dude, where, am I going? Am I doing this job or not?" I mean, come on, man. If they're not going to pay me, I'm not going to show up. And then, and nothing happens. It's you know, months go by, and and you forget about it, and you're like, "What was that thing when you're drunk at a party? I almost did that." Well, mm-hmm. that's why. That's yeah, why I was going to do that, man. I was going to like. That's just- why the technology
1: is so important because. You don't, it's not like, well, we have to go rent a 35 millimeter camera, and then we have to, you know, like, you can just go, fuck, gra- grab the camera, let's just run out back, let's just fucking shoot this right now.
2: In a way, I mean, mm, yeah, in a well, no way, pal. I think the but, big you know, thing the is... On the other hand, there's a lot of shit like that on yeah. YouTube, and, you know, you can tell.
1: <laughs> so what's gonna happen now? Is it, was it just, this is just sort of a one-time thing, it's just like, we're done with it, or, or were were you hoping that this would spawn... A, a, a rebooted Punisher film. I
0: hear those Marvel folks are making a lot of movies lately.
2: They're doing all right. <laughs> they're doing all right with their A characters, but the Marvel Max stuff has has always let them down. You know, mm-hmm. they Mar- Marvel is the Marvel universe, sure. and then there's the, the Marvel Dark Horse Marvel yeah. Max universe, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you have your Ghost Rider, uh, your Punisher, uh, your Deadpool. Maybe yeah. I'm not sure where where he fits in, but. Uh, and that stuff has always been, been a, a letdown for Marvel. So I don't I don't see them you know, they yeah. They, you know, everything comes around, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh no, I don't I never saw them in a world where all this kind of stuff made sense, then yeah, you could probably uh get a, a reboot going. I don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, I just made this for the fans. I, without any expectation of this ever being a film, you know, and I, and that's why I did it. Yeah. Cause I, I wanted to make sure that we had a little piece of, uh, you know, an authentic Frank, Frank Castle on screen before, Before the world ends in December of this year. 2012. Right? December 21st. There's not a lot of time left. You got in just under the wire. Just under the wire, (laughs) man. You know, not that anybody's going to care because (laughs) nobody's going to be alive to say, remember when they did that?
1: Yeah, I haven't even bothered putting anything on my iCal past then. It's just all all empty.
2: So, but, you know, but I do think that what's fun is that we get to open up the possibilities. um, And, We're seeing an audience, uh, you know, if anything, the short reaffirms that there is an audience Mm -hmm. for hard R material that's treated seriously. Um, I think there's a huge audience for that. I think that, um, you know, any time when people feel disenfranchised, when the man is coming down on them and nobody's got any money and they feel powerless... That these kind of characters resonate, uh-huh. you know, somebody who says, "Fuck you," and that that really resonates. So, uh, you know, if anything, we've proven that. Um, I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love somebody to dust off some old Walter Hill script and say, "Oh yeah, you guys should. You guys should do this." You know,
0: that's we might as well remake my, Falling Down.
2: Perfect world. <laughs> that's, that. That could happen. Yeah.
1: You might be the guy to do that. It's possible. I mean, if you if you if you start, I mean,
2: you started a you have a you have a comic imprint. I yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is you know that I've again you know I just didn't see any of the comics that I like to read on the shelves. It it was all just garbage. Not all of it. There's in the underground stuff is amazing, and then the independent stuff is great. Um, and I'll always be a fan of Charles Burns and. And uh, Robert Crumb and all these, <laughs> all the Claus. great Daniel Clowes yeah. and all the great guys uh, that that I love, you know, uh, corn fed comics. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, I wasn't seeing the science fiction stuff that inspired me as a kid, so I started Raw Studios, and we created Bad Planet, which mm-hmm. is this epic sci fi, um, huge story, which I'm very proud of. We're halfway through it and then we're working on the second half now I got Bruce Jones who actually was my mm-hmm. inspiration for Bad Planet who'd created m- comics like Alien Worlds and Twisted Tales and he did a little run on the Hulk it's you know he's got a great career but it, my favorite stuff of his has always been his short stories that were of course inspired by the old EC comics by Al Feldstein and 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 uh, Bill Gaines so so I created my my dream science fiction comics, and I'm very very proud of Bad Planet. And we're we're working on part two right now. Uh, part one is issues one through six are, are collected and for sale on my website at Rawstudios.com. And we also resolicited it, so you should see it in comic book shops this fall too. Nice. Um, and then uh, and then we're I'm slowly plotting away at, at getting uh, part two going. You know, but again, I don't have a production schedule, so I can take as much time as I want. I can hire artists that normally wouldn't do comics uh, because they make their living in advertising or other places. And I can give them, you know, a year to work on a story. And uh, and put it out when it's great because once it's out nobody remembers you know you know that thing took how long so it took too long to make, <laughs> uh, once it it's out it's out and this collected out
1: volume took too long to assemble well we you know our little comedy theater is in the back of Meltdown Comics so if we if you ever want to do like. When when it when stuff comes out, if you want to do launch parties or whatever, we'll totally set that shit up for you. Yeah, like that'd be uh, that'd, that'd be really fun. I
2: have a launch party for Dark Country, my graphic novel. Yeah, that's uh, out. It's out in Diamond now, and so it should be hitting stores in the fall. Let's do a launch party. That would yeah. be that'd be awesome. We could totally do it'll that. Be in, in stores in September, so yeah, consider it done. We man. can I absolutely love do lockdown. that. Meltdown, yeah. Meltdown's fun. It's it pretty, Gaston's been Gaston's been amazing great stuff there. I yeah, love they do Meltdown. I love Golden Apple, but I, I really, I really lo- love that Meltdown. They've got my kind of stuff in there.
0: Yeah, Gaston cultivates quite a collection of yeah. good the fucking good guys stuff. on it. Yeah. Kevin
2: Eastman's little yeah thing yeah Kevin in there Eastman's is little yeah. is that yeah. still up? No, 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 yeah,
1: he moved it to the up uh, because that Gaston took over that side space to be sort of like a pop up shop, right. and so Kevin had it for a while with all his turtle stuff. And uh,
2: which well, was all the heavy metal stuff. And all now the heavy it's metal stuff too.
0: Uh, it's going to be Dave Clock's print shop. Oh, it is. Yeah, <laughs> cool. So it's going to be screens to look. We like, have the same case,
2: things. but yours is white. Yeah,
0: I here. feel like mine's uh, good, and yours is evil.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sure.
0: Is that or how you see things? You're an imperial guard, and I'm a stormtrooper. That's what it is. I like to see it that way.
2: My, my iPhone wants to fuck your iPhone. Let's do it. Oh, mine's the <laughs> cuddler. Here, let me prep your phone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let me get you. Let me get you a phone boner, and then uh, your phone can take care of it. <laughs> I just want to cuddle. Actually, you now That's, that's kind of how it works. I'm the cuddler, and then Matt just fucks people. Uh, Matt just comes in and fucking finishes them off. I just kinda stroke and I tell him it's gonna be okay and they get this weird emotional boner and then Matt's like, let's fucking let's get yep. let's get this then going. Then they deal with my weird emotional boner. <laughs> but then who do you go to for fuck cuddles? Yeah, Gordon Ramsey. I'll make a good I'll
2: make, make a good serial killer, the cuddler.
1: <laughs> the cuddler. <laughs> right? Oh, my spine. No, pull pull in close. Uh, I love it. I mean, you know what's it what what's what is interesting to me about you is that, you know, it, so many people know you like, you know, like, oh, you're this, you're the, you are you do comedy and you like, Hung was great. And you're the super attractive, like handsome mm. leading man type. But in you. Not in here. And you played yourself in Arrested Development. In you <laughs> beats the heart of a nerd. Totally. I fucking, I, that's.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I grew up in uh, Maryland in the thing that really changed my life was you know i grew up in kind of the suburbs and it was incredibly boring with nothing to do and it was horrible and uh but the thing that changed my my life was barbarian books in bethesda maryland which by the way i think is still there i was talking to somebody doing an interview from a guy in maryland and he said i was just he said he was just in there like four months ago so oh, wow i believe barbarian books is still there in maryland it's uh it's you know it's one of those classic musty um, bookstores that has it's so crammed with stuff you have to turn sideways to get down the aisle. Oh yeah, and you know boxes and just he doesn't even know what he's got in there. And of course I used to find you know uh, comic books in there that were that were like really old and and probably worth like ten bucks, but I pay like a buck. Yeah, be like I just got this comic book. It's worth, you know, who knows what this is worth? It was still like you could find really neat stuff. All the pulp novels, you know, all the old uh, Frizetta novels were all in there, and and uh, all the creepies and eeries, and all the EC reprints and and then he also had original comics up in the front too at the time I don't know what he's got in there now but I but that's where I bought my first original EC comic books which I can still remember the smell the, of those books and the way they felt and just the feeling that they used to give me which was this incredible nostalgic thing What I wasn't even born yet so I don't know what I'm nostalgic about but <laughs> there it is and it's like the art and the just it was like magic they were fucking magical.
0: I like that if that store is still there it's probably even Harder to move through right now. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, <laughs> but there's a there's a handful of those places. Oh, and by the way, like um, the store, the guy who worked in the store was a hunchback. Uh huh. Oh, so wow. I'm, I mean, I you know, I just think I just find that to be just. Fantastic! That he you know, they run in the bookstore. Yeah, appropriate. It's, it's very appropriate. It was wonderful. You know? <laughs> and it was like there was that was it. There's no other place in the world that can beat barbarian books for as far there's just that real old fashioned nostalgic pulpy novels. You know, Robert E. Howard. Yeah. Um, you know the, the, all that, all that wonderful, wonderful stuff, and uh, you know the, the old shadow pulps and. I don't know all that stuff's fantastic and and I and I wish that there was a uh color uh, color col- 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 what's the word? I wish there was something like it similar you know uh today I wish there was like more of that stuff interpreted in today's oh right world we see we've lost the kind of hard boiled corollary corollary thank right? you right that's you the
0: know. word we were looking yeah, for no sure
2: corollary <laughs> films you know there's there's books there's like Max Allen Collins who writes great well maybe stuff it's time Warren
1: maybe Trump. maybe you know i think i think if if you if you're noticing that there's this hole in the industry yeah. which for whatever reason through you know like oh, too much market research or whatever and right. they're they're going in the wrong direction maybe it's time for that shit to come back around
2: hell to the yeah <laughs> you know, interesting it's, it's, it's you know and i and i i was curious you know as far as what what dirty laundry would do and it, it it seems to me that there are like-minded people out there
1: I think it's a very simple formula which is if you make a cool thing that comes from a real place people
2: will dig it yeah but I'm talking about like you know yes cool but what's that that's like Ghostbusters was cool yes it was I mean cool in the sense that you it, know, it it's, it's <laughs> there's there's a certain kind there's like a Hard-boiled kind of pulpy feeling that I get when I read, you know, books like *The Executioner*, which yeah. *The Punisher* was based on or stolen from, um, <laughs> borrowed, <her. yeah. laughs> <You're> returned <laughs> later. <laughs> um, so that that I you know that I, I that turns me on, and uh, and I also think that I'm pretty good at, at at playing those kind of characters. But you know, I'll be damned if I could find any Yeah. play. I mean, I love this movie I did called Stander. Um, it, it was right up my alley, and but find another one, you know? Yeah. I haven't read another script like that since I did it. Maybe uh,
1: maybe this means you're going to have to start making these films yourself. You might have well, to shoulder the responsibility. Start
2: me, you know, if nobody else does, it's going to be me, and it probably will be me, but that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to direct a western uh going to do it in the fall. We might push it to the springs. We really oh, want this to- is definitely happening. It's definitely, yeah. Our money is, cool our ship has come in on this Western. It's called A Magnificent Death from a Shattered Hand.
1: Oh, oh wow.
2: And uh, it's a fantastic script. Um, I got Nick Nolte starring it. The cat's got one of the buttons worked.
1: off the board. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to make That's sure. A bottle cap. No, no, it's in her mouth. Oh, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> just make come sure here. she doesn't choke. She's come double, here. <laughs> she's, she's she, put, she's she pulled one of the knobs and, off and, the board. And she's got a knob in her
0: mouth. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, come on! <laughs> well,
1: yeah, it's you a
0: family know. show. She's yeah. A, you know, all right. She's, she's good. Titled. It's not in her she's mouth. Oh, now it's in her mouth. <laughs>
1: she's a teenager. She can have a knob in her mouth. <laughs> she lost it. She lost she's it. Okay. Oh, bad. good. Um, she's warming up. Now
2: she's going to tear the place apart.
1: Listen, I, if, if the place could have an adorable destruction at the hands of that cat, I am all for it. <laughs> I don't own this studio. I don't care. Um, no, so no.
2: your Western, you got Nick Nolte in the Western? Yeah, he's starring in it, and we've, we're casting the rest of it now. Jeremy Irons is going to try to come in and, oh my oh, God. And, and for a couple of days, and we're going to get a great, great cast together because it's, it's one of those scripts that just kind of wrote itself.
1: Can, and, uh, listen, I listen. I don't. I don't want to impose, but can I just be? No. I just want to. Here's what I want. No. I've always wanted to be a guy in the western that when someone comes in, no. he's one of the guys that clears right. out of the bar.
2: Right. We don't have a bar. God
1: damn it! In the script. How about a bar? <laughs> a bar with a peony?
2: Nope. nope. All right. All right. Can well, I you be can think a about tree? it. Tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you. <laughs> so after I do that, and. Uh, We make a great film out of that, and we will. Uh, Then I'm going to do something urban, you know. I don't. What's the word for this kind of stuff? I I call it like hard-boiled pulp. But, yeah, um, but there's got. I think there's a better way to describe it. You know, but it's all those great crime novels, right? That true, were like like Harry Whittington and Donald Wesley, like the true
1: crime. You know, true tri- yeah, gr- crime
2: stuff. Grit. Was, James you know, Elroy. It's just that wonderful. It's those uh, gr- movies by Francis Francisco De Leo. Yeah, and, uh, Caliber Nine and uh, the Italian Connection. Mm, right,
0: French Connection, Italian, Italian Job. Connection. Is there Italian? There's an Italian connection. I don't even know about this.
2: It's a great movie. It's great. Is it? And, and and they and they and they were inspired by Chandler and mm-hmm. you know, all those great old pulpy guys, the Italians were when they made that stuff. So so that's kind of the genesis, I guess. Is yeah, it's uh, it all kind of comes back to Mickey Spillane and Ben yeah. Shandler and and all that. And then it kind of the way it evolved in the 60s though, you know, and it got it got really lean and pulpy and Urban and just oh, it was just just beautiful, you know. And they, and they weren't afraid to like beat the crap out of, out of a girl. <laughs> you know, they just slap her around. There's a there's a scene in the what is it, uh, the Italian Connection? They slapped this girl around for like four minutes. I <laughs> mean, you know, you're just like wow, they knock her in all over the apartment, all four walls, on the bed, on the floor. They're just knocking.
1: I uh out. I improvised that in the film. <laughs> oh well,
2: there was nothing in the script. Uh, anyway, not not that I'm promoting knocking the crap out of women. I just. I mean that you know, they didn't have to be politically correct or appeal to us to try to every goddamn demographic on the planet. It's disenfranchising, okay? Mm-hmm. It's disenfranchising as a man. I can not even fucking walk down the street with a cigarette in my mouth. Not that I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I do. Matt Smokes clothes I can't I can't have a cigar. If I have a cigar over on Wilshire, I'll have everybody coming over to me telling me I got well, can't you put that out? Right. And it's it's just it's depressing. <laughs>
1: well, I I'm excited that you are kind of taking this on that you're going to take this on and kind of make the films that you want to see. It's very it's very like it's very digital culture to I think taking that mindset into traditional media is very important right now because there's this whole layer of films like you said, because they're focusing on the blockbusters, there's yeah. this whole,
2: there's this, it's all like top down, it's all top down shit. Well, so there's this my, whole other area my, that's not here's being serviced. My dream. I'll 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 lay this out for you real quick. Um, there's a, a website online where it's I forget what it's called, but if if you want to see a band. You yeah. you log on to this website and you say I live in Spokane, Washington. Oh, it's
1: de- demanded or I, something like that. Yeah, it's
2: one of those. There's a, there's probably more than one, but but uh, and you you if if you get enough hits for a particular band in a sta- in a city, then that band will go and play in your sure. city. And it's a fin- brilliant way yeah. of designing a tour schedule. You know, they go where their fans are. Yeah. And imagine if you did that with a movie. You know, if we said, all right, we've got this type of movie starring these guys. And if you want to see it, if you're there, you know, hit the button. OK, so then, you know, we've got like there's a midnight show on Saturday night. Yeah. So you fill up the theater, you beam the the uh, you don't run a print over there. You right. beam it in from satellite, which a lot of theaters have that now. Yeah, they can they can beam the the. Uh, the the movie right into right where and when you want it, wherever you want it. And you could travel around like that. You know, you could, I could get a, an old silver, you know, what are those called? Uh, Those big old trailers that are still airstreams. Yeah. I could get a big old airstream and just make a national tour driving around and we could play it in, you know, uh, drive-ins yeah. or you know downtown against the side of a wall now New York that would be amazing street. that would be fucking
1: amazing if, if it wasn't even like a movie theater thing if just one summer you took a movie you made and put it in an airstream drove it around and just projected it a bunch of sh- uh, up yeah. against shit and then just invited people to come out and bring their own food what a fun experience yeah. that would be
2: that's exactly what i want to do and you're right. Like you know, in some towns you'd have to do it in like the local theater, but in other towns you could do it up against the side of a of a building. You know, or you could, yeah. you could put up your own you know an old drive-in somewhere. You could really improvise in a parking lot. And you could hang a giant you know, you know, or maybe like a, a an old billboard that's not being used. You know, project uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a movie on there. That would be fun. But everybody would know it was coming from the. Uh, from the you know from the Twitter and their websites and all that crap now
1: yeah I just drove across country and there are a lot of in in most towns that you hit along the way half of the towns are just shut down like abandoned businesses and empty buildings and you know I think it'd be a fun I think it'd be a fun use of that
2: oh, Jesus it's pretty crazy
1: drove from LA to Memphis wow. on the sort of northerly route which I think yeah, was the i-70 I- I- yeah. and then the southern route back the i-40 all the way across so you know as a hit like uh you know arkansas and amarillo texas and you know oh, wow. back yeah, I've through i've
2: done it a few times it's uh it's always enlightening but it's so fun. everything was was kind of
1: most most small towns like like down. most towns there there's this sort of um, there's a sort of like standard kind of cookie cutter town that you know obviously around the industrial revolution sprung up where you have most of the towns have a main street which yeah. is just a main drag of two story buildings that seem like early 1900s and then a little bit of residential stuff kind of around those those streets wow. and in most of those towns like half the buildings are just empty. Wow.
2: What's this cough button? There you go. It just I, shut you off for am a am sec I so you can cough. cough. I didn't cough.
1: No, but then see.
0: But if you do,
2: no one will hear
1: you. <laughs> That's right. Oh. It Except protects for the bleed through on my mic. <laughs> <laughs> so Raw is Raw Studios is you and it's Tim Bradstreet, right? Yeah. Is, is Steve
2: Niles involved at all? Yeah, Steve was with us in the very beginning, and he kind of taught me how to write comic books, and he helped me uh, plot out Bad Planet. Uh, he was incredibly helpful. He's a terrific guy, um, you know. But he's also a very busy guy. So Steve is is you know off running uh, his own show, and he does very well at it. And um, Raw Studios, we bring on you know we're working with a guy named Mike Carey right now on a script called The Lichen, which is. Uh, kind of like the movie alien but it's set in a 17th century castle oh, man. instead of aliens <laughs> it's a oh, werewolf man. oh yeah um and then uh mike's doing a great job of the artist named sean o'connor um and then we're working on a reboot of alien worlds too with bruce jones oh that's oh, great cool. yeah we got we got corbin <laughs> we got bill stout um, I'm trying to get Mark Schultz, but he's like, I just can't do it. He's like, I, I, nah, more than one page. It's not a cover.
1: <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> is it hard for you to go? I mean, maybe you, maybe you choose not to anymore, but is it hard for you to go work on stuff that you're not directly involved in in that way? Like, can you still just go be an actor on oh, stuff and yeah, be just, okay so, with no, that? No,
2: it's getting a lot harder to do that. I just did a movie uh, earlier in the year. Um, and I, and I, you know, it's, you know I like, uh, Robert Duvall said, "You know, one for the art and one for the condo." Right. Well, I just did <laughs> one for the condo earlier in the year, and um, it's, it's it's depressing. It's really bad. Yeah. You know, it's just I don't know. It, it got I've gotten to a certain point where I've directed a movie, and that was my film school. Dark. We called Dark Country. Dark Country, yeah. It was one of the very first three D films in Hollywood, the digital three D movies. And but that was my film school, and it was all taught me. All it, it was so. It was so fantastic, and it was so liberating when to get through that and go, "I can do this all by myself." You know? <laughs> I mean, with my crew, yeah. there's no better my way to learn. And my guys, and you know, but we can do this. We can, we can run the show. We can. So I, you know, and that I had a terrific writer named Tab Murphy, who also wrote the short story for Dark Country, which Thomas Ott, mm-hmm. a fantastic artist out of, I think he's in Switzerland. Um, Uh, did adapted for us so thomas did the he he adapted the short story of dark country into the graphic novel so it's not the movie it's the it's the short story um so it's different than the than the film in a lot of ways but so it's his own interpretation of this story and thomas Ott tells his graphic storytelling with no words Mm -hmm. he uses a scratchboard technique so he, he actually starts Instead of a white piece of paper, he starts with a black sheet that he buys special. And you can scratch away the black and revealing white underneath. And that's how he does all of his art. And it's beautiful. Um, maybe you guys have a website where you can throw up some examples. Or, sure, yeah, you know? yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, he has he inspired me. He inspired the look of the film. So I called him up. And after I'd done the film, and I said, you know, you inspired this movie, and I was thinking it might be really cool if you interpreted the same short story that I interpreted. It would be like two different artists looking at the same, you know, a, a piece of work and 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 drawing from there and t- doing their own thing with it. So we have just finished that, and you know, it comes out in, in shops in, in September. Did you have? Did he see the your film before? He didn't. He never saw it. That's he, perfect. He actually That's had fantastic. friends. Uh, watch it for him. Yeah, he said, I don't want to look at it because I don't want it to like muddy the Taint water. Taint his yeah, but, exactly. But you know, is this thing any good? I mean, am I gonna? <laughs> so, so he had friends uh, watch it for him, and, and the report back was, oh yeah, this is right up your alley. Yeah, definitely, go for
1: it. What did you learn? What was the what was the biggest thing that you learned going into this experience as a director and coming the out on the other making, side?
2: You know, it's uh, it's about the people that you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest lesson that I learned. That the execution of an idea depends on a lot of other people understanding exactly what that idea is, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest lesson that I learned. You know, I storyboarded the whole film. I had all these great shots, and and a lot of them are in the movie. But I had all these fantastic things in mind, and 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 a, a, a visual of what I wanted this thing to be, but. If I, you know, if my if the DP that I hired doesn't quite grasp, you know, what what I'm talking about, then he's going to sort of bring his own thing, and sometimes that can be brilliant. Um, but you know, but mo- and and I had a wonderful DP. But the the biggest thing for me was in the post production when I'm dealing with people who are executing the ideas you know in the editing room in the special effects uh and all these guys they have to be all on the same page and that's my job as a director i have to get all these different people ideas artists and personalities all kind of moving in the same direction (laughs) and on the same boat yeah and i think that your ability to do that determines w- w- how good of a director, how or how well your your vision yeah. is going to be translated on screen. And You still have to have a, a good vision. <laughs> well, yeah. I
1: think most people don't see that part of it. They just go, "Oh, it's director. He kind of figures out like how to tell the story visually." But but all the behind the so behind the scenes stuff, I, to me, it sounds like an awful job because you are constantly. I feel I feel I feel like it's like putting four hamsters on a on a on a track and being like no no come on okay no you got to keep going okay come on and then just the whole way you're trying to just keep them in line well
2: I like it yeah that's true. Only it's sixty hamsters,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and some of them have egos, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. some of them think they're cats. <laughs> they're not a cat. a cats, a, you're a hamster. You're
2: a hamster. <laughs> we're all hamsters. We're all hamsters, bro. On the we're
1: all hamsters, bro. <laughs> just running away on the wheel of entertainment every fucking day. Um, how was your? I mean, you as the Punisher. What was your experience like with that? With that movie
2: with the the with the dirty laundry or
1: just no the original the, the Punisher that you did by the way if anyone wants to see something hilarious you have to watch the trailer for the 1989 Dolph Lundgren the Punisher which already feels like 50 years old even though it's just from 89 is like coming this summer see, that's
2: kind of what I'm talking about like kids today they watch a movie from the 70s or the eight and the 80s and they're like, "What the fuck is that?" You know, even even the good ones. Yeah. And not not all kids. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. There always will be who who can appreciate this stuff. But you know, on them on when you get an out into the, the broad scheme of things, it's it's you know, and that's why they that's why remaking stuff is viable. Sure. Don't, it, you know, touch ca- right. don't touch Jaws. Right. Don't touch Jaws. No,
1: absolutely. If you're gonna do a shark movie. Have it eat Samuel L. Jackson yeah. after Thanks an inspirational all. speech. It works out for all of us. <laughs> I I was a huge fan of Hung too, by the way. I I genuinely enjoyed the shit out of that because yeah. and the guy
2: yeah who great writing of.
1: the guy who played your uh, your ex wife's husband was also in The Punisher
2: yeah
1: right what's it? Eddie um what is his name
2: Who are we talking
1: about from Hung oh yeah that's right the guy I tortured yes the guy the yeah. guy you tortured with a popsicle. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, he's he's there. He is <laughs> back for more. <laughs> back for more on uh, TV. He, he, he was he's a great guy. terrific guy. Do you like
1: doing? Do you like do you like comedy or do you do you just prefer kind of?
2: I love it all. I mean, I love storytelling. I love my favorite quote by an actor is Harrison Ford. He said, "I'm not, an, I really look at myself as an actor. I'm, I'm a storyteller, and that's that. I really took to heart when I heard that. Uh, I'm a storyteller. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not really necessarily an actor or a director. Or, a comic book uh, writer or a producer. Uh, I'm, I'm a storyteller. Is, do you, with television. I love stories. Do I, you? I love them all. I love comedies and, you know, I love musicals. Uh, I love horror movies. I love action. I love adventure. I love the weird French films. And I love, uh, the, in the realm of the senses, the sexy Japanese movies. Mm-hmm. I love it all, man. Did you, did you like working in television? You know, we didn't, it didn't, I don't know what. Probably uh, didn't feel like
1: television. It probably didn't feel like yeah, television because you're single is. camera. We,
2: we didn't, you know, we shot, we were, I think, the last show on HBO to shoot on film. So we were shooting on film. Most of the crew had all come from film. Um, our schedule was very, uh, re, you know, pretty relaxed as far as TV goes. I think we had eight days to shoot 30 minutes. Well, that's not bad. TV is pretty, pretty good. And sometimes it was nine. Um, so no, I, I haven't, I don't know the experience of, sh- of, I know my ex-wife shot television Yeah. and that's 22 episodes. It's nine or 10 months out of the year <sighs> and you're doing 44 minutes in, uh, I think they give you seven days to do, or maybe it's seven or eight days. You're doing 45, 48 minutes yeah. or whatever the hell a, mm. a TV show is. And, uh, and that's insane. You know, and everybody goes crazy or they all lose their minds. And it's a very bonding experience, too. But, you know, she was in the hospital season two or three exhaustion, real exhaustion. exhaustion. Well, especially that's why
0: Vincent D'Onofrio had to stop doing criminal intent for a whole season.
1: (laughs) Well, it's right because especially on that, especially on that schedule, they shoot like a film, but just year round. So you could work. You could work midnight right. to 8 in the morning, and then, uh, you know, like a day and a half later, then it's like, oh, we need you at 6 a.m., and, you know. Yeah. But the whole experience just feels feels a little uh, choky. Feels a little choky? Chokey? That's what we're going with? Choky? Yeah. Okay. Choky? Yeah, no, cho- no choky. Choky. Grabs you by the throat. It's good to have a television job. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time... Not that one? Sitcoms are the best schedule-wise. Yeah. Uh, there uh, just yeah. aren't a lot of sitcom jobs anymore, because the sitcom medium is... Coming to a, a slow crawl, no. uh, the, oh, yeah. just the I mean, standard n- force. Television's sam- f- dying. Oh yeah, totally.
2: So you know you can see where everything's going. I'm surprised it's taking us so fucking long, but you can <laughs> see where it's all going. The the, the, the the internet and the the idea of stations, the idea of show times when you something comes on at a certain time on a certain day, all that shit's going by the wayside. Mm-hmm. You know, and the the real release schedule is kind of what we did with Dark Country. I mean, uh, Dirty Laundry put it up you know you tell some people and then and it's out and then it then it's spread out. like a you know? virus and of course there'll always be all the advertising all that bullshit premiere dates long, don't really so.
1: mean as much anymore cuz like don't cause mean anything, people just want to really. watch it's when they want to watch yeah uh,
2: and and yeah i mean there's excitement for things and think people can't wait for certain stuff to come out but that they'll always be that there'll always be your core audience that that needs to be there and it's fun to wait in line for something you know i waited in line for star wars when i was a kid not the first one the second one and um you know, I, I stood in line for a couple hours, and it was awesome. It was so exciting. Yeah, and we need that, and we yeah. need a communal experience. So, what I'm saying is that the internet and the and all that stuff is all going to be amalgamated into one sort of thing. But here's what here's where things are going to get different. Right now, we're still trying to appeal to the widest audience, the lowest sure. common denominator. But what can happen here is that we can you know if you like gothic steampunk movies i don't but i'm there'll listening there'll be a whole section of people that that are that will make uh, movies and material for that audience sure and they'll have a budget based on you know what that audience sure. can support uh, and that so so we'll see a a a a, dividuation, a, a everything will become tailored kind sure. of sure so you'll you'll ha- find your own channel you'll create your it's kind of like picking your favorite channels on on cable yeah you'll be able to create your own network of entertainment and and there'll be people that are passionate about what they're doing and they'll and you'll be able to get it yeah you know you'll you won't be able to say well they'll never make another punisher film because they killed the franchise and nobody will nobody would go and they're not going to but no, they'll 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 say, you know what? There's uh, four million people. There's five million people here that that'll pay for that. We've already we already know that. Yeah. So we're gonna make the movie and we're gonna base it on, on that. I always wanted to try an experiment where we pre-sell tickets.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and
2: then I always wanted to try that. It's kind of like Kickstarter, but I would like to say, okay, here's here's the director, here's uh, the actors, and here's sort of the the, a a nice synopsis of what you're going to see without giving away too many spoilers. And here's some art. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the way it's going to look and feel. You know, you could get as deep as you want. You could just look at the poster and say, yeah, I want to see that, or you can go down and learn all about the composer and all the people involved and the costumes and all that. But Really you could just hit the button and go, I'll buy that movie.
1: You could absolutely do that. You could do that with your with your traveling airstream film and people who support the film get the first tickets. Yeah. You could do I think that I think you could do that like that.
2: Yeah, but where do I do it? I don't I don't think Kickstarter. You think? Yeah, you do it on Kickstarter
1: because you basically raise the money through Kickstarter or Indiegogo or whatever, but you probably Kickstarter since you're already working on stuff with them.
2: Yeah, by the way, Bad Planet Video Game Kickstarter, um, we are uh, we are relaunching the Kickstarter site, I mean, our mm-hmm. page or whatever, so we've got more information about what the game is going to be, and we're also announcing that I'm going to do the voice, me and Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman's <laughs> going oh, nice. to come in and, and play The Convict, which nice. is, I don't know if, you, if you've seen Bad Planet, the convict. There's only, there's nobody else in the world that can play the convict, <laughs> but Ron Perlman. So, uh, it's just you know, I wish I could to do it, but I just don't have the voice. But, but so Ron, Ron's agreed to to come in and, and do that, and that's exciting. That's so you so your Kickstarter
1: for Bad Planet, which people people should go to yeah, and support. Check
2: out the Kickstarter Bad Planet video game, and we got a lot of cool. What do they call them? Prizes, <laughs> swag, 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 they, a lot, uh, a lot of cool yeah. stuff. To, uh, th- I think, I think I
1: think I think, you know, I think you pick t- 20 cities or whatever, whatever kind of makes sense financially with how many tickets you could sell versus how much money you could raise. You do the Kickstarter campaign. The lowest level, the lowest level of donation gets a ticket to see the finished movie when it comes to their through those through those towns. Oh, you could do that. You could do that in a heartbeat. I think it's a cool idea.
2: I think it's really cool. So Kickstarter is the only way to to, to do that. Probably not the only way, so but I think need, it would be you the. You need the, a lot of eyeballs. You need a yeah, way. You
1: need information of like how, the
2: information out there that you're doing this yeah. right. Well, because it, it or does l- it just spread by itself. It spreads. Some of it does. If
1: if if people think it's a good idea, it spreads. It's like it's like the company right. that made the what what was the watch the. Um,
2: yeah, the, the mm. nano watch. Yeah, yeah, like
1: that like that Bluetooth By the watch. Way, oh, where yeah, the yeah, hell yeah.
2: is my Dick Tracy uh FaceTime watch? Seriously, it's fucking like, twenty twelve. Dude, I'm look, uh, looking online, I'm like, okay, I see the wristwatch phones. They're all there there are a few out there. They look like shit. But <laughs> where is the FaceTime on the watch? It's twenty twelve. We have the technology. No kidding. No one wants it. I don't Not know I don't know what it, it is. You know, do, do you remember I in the mid 80s like when the I've been the, dying the, for this thing since I was 6. Was there were there were
1: TV watches in the 80s that on the heels of the Walkman and the Watchman, the Sony Watchman right. and then they made an actual watch with a television screen on it and and no one bought them. And so I I guess people just don't want to watch
2: you know, like But that Nano watch was a hit. Yeah, that, got, that watch that was raised on Kickstarter. That
1: was raised on Kickstarter. They raised like 10 million dollars.
2: You know, it's just a sim- That watch was a total hit. I mean, they, that sold like wildfire. Everybody's got a Nano on their on their watch, but you can't FaceTime on it. I'm telling but you, I hear that uh, Apple's coming out with a with a official. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. That they're coming out with an official face a watch, a, a, an iPhone watch.
1: I would be interested to see if they did that. Mm. You don't think? You think I don't know. Crazy. You know, they, it th- seems th- really segmented okay. we, for them. It is very segmented, and, and Apple's Apple's typical model is that yeah, they I heard
2: that at the at San Diego.
1: May, maybe know? it's happening, but the if Comic-Con. but historically, if you look at the way Apple appro- yeah. approaches their product development, with the exception of well, even even with even with the Apple the Mac platform. They kind of hang back and wait to see if there's a potential market for something, yeah. and then they kind of go in and perfect it with design, and 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 that's sort of you know right. they obviously they didn't invent the MP3 Huge player, Apple they fan. didn't they Huge. didn't invent the yeah. smartphone, you know like they just saw that there was a market and then figured out. So because there isn't really a market for that thing that that kind of thing yet, uh. I, but maybe they will. Maybe you're right. I, I don't. I just haven't heard anything about I it.
2: Just want one one. <laughs>
1: Once again, you may have to make this thing that you want. LG, uh, I
2: think LG made one, but Lucky Gold Star. I don't think I think you need a special. I think you need another LG watch to see the FaceTime. But LG actually does have a watch came out like three or four years ago that's it looks pretty cool too and uh, and it's a you know smartphone on your watch but it has a little camera and they say you know you can make video calls oh that's cool you know but I don't know if you can link it up with a with a with an iPhone or probably is not it would give you a good
1: excuse after a while to be like I, I'm tired of talking at you my arm is sore and then you just kind of put your arm down and then hang up oh, the phone man. well they do have the they do have the watch bands that that hold up the nanos or the right yeah so they there is a version of that I it'd be interesting to see if they do that
2: um, I so, think So the last thing you guys are ready to wrap it up, right? No, no, we're just, we, we're,
1: we're not, we're not in a hurry. We just always do. I, we are, we always try to give the guests. We don't want to take advantage of their time. <laughs> and the shows are about an hour, but they don't have to be exactly right. an hour.
2: Well, I, I wanted to say that, you know, speaking about doing crap by yourself and all that stuff, um, the latest thing that I'm going to put out, I think I'm going to try to put it out next week, but, uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of, uh, like many people from my generation, I'm a huge fan of the Six Million Dollar Man. Of course, Steve
1: Austin, and a
2: man barely alive. So I have had this idea for a for a, a six billion dollar man sure. movie for forever, and I finally, I you know, it's like tied up, and it, it was going to be a Jim Carrey movie for a while. And no, you got to be the guy. This thing a bunch of times, and they've got so much money behind it or against it or whatever the script to to get it to get it going, but. Uh, I said, fuck it. And a little bit, a little bit ago, I went and did something that in the commercial business, they call it a rip matic Okay. And what you do is you tell the story that you want to tell by using clips from other movies. Okay. Oh, interesting. So I took about 30 films and comb through them and commercials and music videos and, you know, anything that, ha- that was on film that I could get my hands on. And I combed through it and I created a six billion dollar man movie trailer. What the where is this? Where the fuck is this? <laughs> it's on
0: his computer right now. It's, it's sitting on his iMac. Right
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, wh- and I'm going to I'm going I want to. Uh, when does this thing air? We'll put it up when, when whatever it works best it. for you. We can put it up oh, with the later. I bet it better. I guess right. When do they want it? When should we air it? What day is it? Yes. Right. We should. You know what? We, anyway, I was thinking that maybe I could could uh, we. You know, we could debut it on your. You guys have a, we have yes! a YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course you can. Yeah. It's my channel, and I get to make
1: those decisions. <laughs> so of course well, you can. I mean,
0: legendary entertainment channel man
1: yeah we get to run it independently (laughs) no that's i mean that's entirely that's entirely the spirit of what we're what we're talking about i don't know i i think we should have i think we should have a few chats off off the podcast because i think there's a lot of fun stuff for us to fun stuff for us to do i i just i love the idea of like oh you got a good idea i would like to help facilitate making that happen because that should just exist in the world That's the best reason to do anything. It's just like, oh, I just want to see that. That's right. I just want to see that in the world.
2: Um, That's what the world is for. Exactly. That's why we were put here, people. It's
1: just to try stuff. But it's funny how people,
2: they go, oh, we
1: couldn't do that because we don't have the And when you really think about it, it's like when you said, oh, you just wake up one day and you go, we could just shoot this thing this weekend. You really... That epiphany moment for people who want to be creators is so valuable and important yeah. when you finally just realize, oh, I guess I was just talking myself out of that for no reason because I just assumed there's this whole idea that I think was kind of given to us by maybe not so much our parents' generation but certainly our grandparents' generation where it's like, you know, the, the 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 system is there to keep you down, keep your head down, just work, do work a job you hate and then retire when you're, 60, or you're 55 or whatever. And now... It's called the
2: Industrial Revolution.
1: It is, I guess it is the Industrial Revolution, but now we don't have to live that way. And I think it's an important moment when people kind of realize that. That's
2: right. We're slowly starting to realize that, that we can change the whole world. You know, if nobody voted in November, change the world. And that's just by doing nothing. At all. That's right. If nobody voted, then that vote would say, this system sucks and it needs to change. (laughs) But of course... And that, and there are a lot of people that you know. I mean, or there's be a lot like, of great ideas about how to change that system. Two you know? people voted: Mitt Romney and Barack
0: Obama. But they That's voted good. for themselves, you know. <laughs>
2: even if, even if, even if, say, you know, only twenty percent of the people that normally voted voted, you know, hmm. then the message, even though you still have that president and. All that shit would be status quo, but the message would be loud and clear. Wow, we can, and it wouldn't be to the government, it would be to the people. Sure. The message would be, we have the power to affect change here. Yeah. And that's, everybody feels disenfranchised. But the truth is, in this election year, we are not. That's a lie. It's a total lie. And the internet is scary, and they want to shut us down. They want to shut us down. And just keep that in the back of your mind. They are looking for reasons. And in fact, they just finally passed a bill that said, in an emergency situation, the government can take control of the Internet. That's a law that they passed. That is a bullshit law that should not exist and that we let uh, exist. Well, I don't know how that's
1: that's enforceable since the Internet's not just an American thing. There's a kill switch.
2: There is a kill switch. The only way that you can keep the Internet... Are you kidding? The only way you can keep the internet going is if you had uh, your own Wi-Fi, which, by the way, they're working on. I forget the name of them, but they go around with little briefcases and they put up Wi-Fi systems on rooftops. That's sure. the only internet that would be up, now, mm-hmm. Guaranteed. What? They can shut it down in a second.
0: South Korea just hit 100% Wi-Fi. Good
2: Did they? Them.
1: Yeah. This is a much smaller landmass, though. So? Well,
2: I'm so just saying. Cool. that Wi-Fi, they can shut down.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just saying, but they're also. But
2: there are ways to make the the internet unshut downable, but we are not there. No. Um,
1: Let's just focus on making cool movies right now. Yeah, yeah. And then in the and then in the and then that's
2: what I I make cool movies, and you could affect a a revolution. You could change the world with a great movie.
1: Easy Rider. Yeah. Easy Rider ushered in a whole social revolution. Or at least at I least not you just I mean, nicknamed you him Ryder like, and were saying I Easy I mean, at writer. the
2: bottom of what everybody says is, you know, really, I mean, what really? I mean, we're just goofing around, you know, playing, we're playing in the sandbox. It doesn't really mean anything, you know? At the end of the day, we're just bullshitting. Sure. It's not true. We're not just bullshitting.
1: No, no, people have a lot of power. Everyone has
2: a lot of power. I mean, in the entertainment industry. In yeah. Making movies, making music, you know, make, making uh, podcasts. It's like you're actually, you know, have a lot, we, we have a lot more power than we, than we and it's a, it's a lot more meaningful than I think that we give it credence to. You know? Yeah, Some of the most meaningful s- memories of my life has been experiences I've had w- watching uh, great movies that change the way I look at the world. What do you
1: think is, what's your most influential
2: film? Porky's 2. <laughs> the next day.
1: Yeah. The next day. Yep. Because because yep. uh, they had to deal with all of the yeah, aftermath. He stuck
2: his penis through that little hole.
1: Tommy He's... Turner. Yeah. Yep. And then the Miss Ball Ballbricker. The
2: whole... Yeah. And the then like, and then it's all that, the fallout. That was just kind of terrifying. That's where we are
1: culturally right now. It's Porky's 2 The next day, all the shit has gone down, and now Porky's going to get his revenge. <laughs> Porky being the government. <laughs> <laughs> Porky's Two is the most socially relevant film of our time. Here, here, watch it, kids. You can see it's just it's just laden with political imagery. It's it's the Nostradamus of our generation. It's predict it predicted everything: the market crash, the dot com bubble. It's all in Porky's Two. Porky is the dot com bubble. I got gotcha. Porky was God. Oh, Porky that is totally the God. Changes particle. everything for me. Porky's the Higgs boson. yeah. <laughs> Porky was discovered at CERN. We've learned a lot of very important things today about porkys, too. Um, my last question is, uh, which I'm sure you get asked a lot, is um, uh, the no shoes. You hate shoes. Yeah, I don't like shoes. How do you? I've always been curious, like, because I see people walk around barefoot. I'm like, but there's glass on the ground and people leave needles in places. I don't think there's
0: as much glass and needles on the ground as you think. There's so many glasses and needles. This is not
2: 1978. It is 70. Mom, tell you that. Yes. I have never injured my foot except for, and I've been walking around barefoot since I was a teenager. Um, And people have been giving me shit about my shoes since I was a teenager. Um, You're a you know, and you hit that point where it's like, well, am I just going to put on shoes just because people, you know, are going to give me shit if I don't, you know, it's, it becomes one of these weird, uh, like challenges in your life. Sure. Are you just going to do what you want to do Yeah, and what you've always done and yeah. act, act, am I going to act like who I am or am I going to sort of like cow to the to the weird pressure of people just leave me alone cuz
1: <laughs> I think it's an interesting social experiment because it really doesn't affect anyone well, but come
0: I would to have... think of it I've walked around barefoot outside uh, pretty extensively and uh, the only oh. time I've ever hurt my foot has been in my own house like right. stepping on a thumbtack <laughs> yeah. or something
2: but yeah, you know what's funny is like after a while like, I don't I have I can't remember the last time I stubbed my toe right you know you just kind of you're more like, aware exactly of your you're feet you're a little more aware yeah. and you know why I don't wear shoes is because it helps me uh, stay aware, uh, and not just of my feet. It helps me stay aware that I'm a human biological being. When you put, strap these, like, machine-crafted objects onto your feet, my opinion is it separates you from the human animal that you are. You yeah, know? but it makes You're me a little bit taller. <laughs> come out of the dirt. You know that's what we do. We've come out of the dirt, and we surround ourselves with all this glass and nice stuff, and we really try to forget the fact that we fart and shit and eat and fuck. Mm-hmm. The truth is, we're we're. I don't
0: forget any of those things. And cuddle. dirty animals.
2: We are filthy. And filthy, dirty animal. And uh, and and you know what? It's a it's such a blissful feeling. You know, I could go on about other things that I don't do that, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> but I'm not gonna do that. Um, I I think. I think that there is a
1: message that there's a consistent personality trait that you have that will, I hope, continue on this path of trying to blaze trails in new media and affecting the change that you have always wanted. And I think it starts with the not wearing shoes thing where you're like, yeah, I don't fucking care if anyone... I do think it's funny. It's one of those things that, you, like I was about to say before, it doesn't really affect anyone, but I'm sure still people are like, what are you, what are you doing? Why can't you, why can't you wear shoes like the rest of us?
2: Yeah, it, it does have. You don't wear shoes, but you wear a hat? What's wrong with you? Ha- shoes are like hats for your feet. Why not some feet hats? You'd be oh. surprised how what the reactions are. It's, it's really kind of funny, um, and you're absolutely right. I mean that's that's what it's all about, you know. It's finding that little cracks in the seams of what the things that we've been taught, the realities that we that we've been fed that aren't true. Find the cracks in those seams and break them apart, you know. Because if you could find one crack somewhere, then you could tear down the whole fucking thing.
1: Well, the crack right now is in the entertainment industry with these kind of twenty to thirty million dollar kind of true crime budget things and i feel like we have a lot to talk about so uh we will we should talk and then and then you can come back on the podcast if you want and 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 like every so often i want to keep checking in with you and kind of seeing what sort of stuff you're into because i had no i mean i i was i was you know maybe loosely aware that like oh you you know you're doing this comic imprint then you directed this movie but i didn't realize how deep it went how much a part of the How much actually a part of the demographic you are, as opposed to just a performer? Like you're in the community of people that you are want to make stuff for. So, which That's I think true. is very important. So I want to keep checking in with you every so often and just see how it's going and if there's anything we can do to help out. Okay, so it's going to be fun. That sounds good. Um, so lastly, just uh, plugs... The beginning
2: the... of a beautiful friendship. This is good. a beautiful.
1: <laughs> so uh, k- the Kickstarter page for Bad Planet, uh, people should look at that. Raw... is it rawstudios.com? Yep,
2: rawstudios. rawstudios.com.
1: Right. And uh,
2: We've got our forum, too. we got a really great forum, and there's a great thread on there about Dirty Laundry and the Bad Planet video game, and there's a lot of great people on the forum. It's really cool. There's no... No flaming going on, but it's a lot of people um it's a really it's a really good form, I'm very proud of those guys.
1: Good. Yeah, you know, it's hard to run a form without without trolls. That's a that's a pretty amazing feat. <laughs> it really is, man. We've
2: got a bunch of people on there and and I, I you know, I don't know what is some kind of magic that we what we have. It's like Hardly ever happens. Well, we
1: we, and we get the same we have the same effect on our website. If you get enough cool, nice people in the beginning, then they'll just kind of stamp it out before it gets out of control. And so it's 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 just it's sort of a lucky thing that happens. But it's it's we appreciate it. Um, So. true. Thanks for being here, man. It was good talking to you. you. Really good talking to you. Great, you,
2: Where's my cat? Is she around? She's right here.
1: She's been asleep on the board. <laughs> I've taken no less than 10 pictures of your adorable cat sleeping on the board, which there. I will I probably post to Reddit later because this is the kind of shit that Reddit loves. Awesome. Uh, so enjoy your burrito, everyone.
2: Now leaving Nerdist.com.
1: This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by Hover.com. Hover's domain name registration and management that is simple. For 10% off your new domain, go to hover.com slash nerdist. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window.